Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome and happy Saturday time now for a poppin' fresh edition of the Bob Rose Rewind. We've got a good one lined up for you to kick off the new year. Like, how's our Second Amendment doing? Is it being protected? What are they talking about in Tallahassee? We'll start things off with our Second Amendment guy, Chris Wagner, right now on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Or military, trained law enforcement officers most of his adult life. Chris Wagner, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, guys. Great to hear from you. Hey, Happy New Year, first of all. Yeah, you too. Well, thank you. Um, so it is a new year. The Democrats are still uh, in power in, in, White, in the White House, obviously. They still hold the House of Representatives. Kat Kamek came out recently, and uh, one of the things she said was, hey, the gun control stuff, she used a different word, but she said the gun control stuff stops once the GOP retakes the House. I guess between now and then, uh, do you see anything on the horizon that um, is going to impede uh, the you know, good law-abiding citizens' right to own and bear arms? Well, they may not be doing a whole lot at the federal level. Um, recently, they did reauthorize the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, and hidden in that bill, like they usually do in Washington, were two provisions that restricted the gun rights of our veterans and military members, uh, specifically the active duty military members. So they still are trying to whittle away at stuff, but as far as any big issues coming down that would reduce our Second Amendment rights at the federal level, I don't see any that are going to get any traction. But we always have to worry about our state level because we have some really crazy people out there in our state legislatures uh, who are trying to constantly whittle away at your rights. And the self-defense rights and your gun rights are always one of those targets. We've got 24 uh, already filed pro and anti-gun bills in the legislature. We do have some very positive bills that have been submitted, but the problem is, uh, I hate to say this, there's infighting in our Republican House. And the bills that were submitted because they come from a particular representative will probably not get a hearing and probably won't be heard, even though they're great, positive um, bills for law-abiding citizens and it would restore some of your rights that have been taken away. But other than that, um, we've got the typical, you know, large capacity magazines and things like that. This year they did try to file a bill that would remove the right of the state to regulate firearms, basically saying that, you know, cities and counties had regulated. Well, we had that back in the 80s. You know, Miami would have its own gun laws. Fort Lauderdale would have its own gun laws. Alachua County would have its own gun laws. It was very confusing for anybody who lived in Florida to be able to travel and not violate somebody's local gun court. And they did away with that. They're trying to get it back. But I don't see it getting any traction, thankfully, with our Republican Senate, Republican House, Republican Governor. So I, I don't see any major things going. I would love to see some of the pro-gun rights. Bills get some traction, 
Uh, we do have a bill in there right now by Representative Sabatini, who's the one that uh, just for some reason they don't like him because he's very outspoken. And I think that's what it is. When you're outspoken and you're a staunch constitutionalist or, or a person who really supports rights, they take affront at that because you're telling them that they're not. And a lot of them claim that they are. But he's uh, submitted a, a bill for it's loosely called constitutional carry, which means he wants to remove the requirement for getting a concealed carry permit license that anybody who is legally, federally, is legally allowed to, to possess and own a firearm could carry a firearm. And that's basically what the Constitution says, and I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's already enacted in, like, 32 states, I believe, was last count. Uh, we're kind of lagging behind that, and Florida being the freedom-loving state that it is should hopefully follow along with that, but... There's, there's several in there that we can watch. There's nothing really gaining traction yet because they haven't started having too many hearings. But there are some out there that we'll, well, I'll keep an eye on and I'll keep you guys appraised of it. But um, nothing earth-shattering that I can see right now. When it comes to the constitutional carry bill by Sabatini, which you say probably won't get traction, they don't particularly like him. He's a little uh, yeah, too, too, much, too conservative, too much of a constitutionalist. I know that's a sad statement to make, but I, I know you're right on on this. Um, what about you know, conceal versus open carry, how does that fit within either this bill or other bills? Would you still be allowed to conceal? Would you have to have the permit to conceal but carry openly under the under the other law? How, how exactly would that break down? There, there's a couple of variations of the bill that have been tossed around. One is exactly what you say. Uh, you would be legally allowed to openly carry a firearm on you, but you would still have to require a permit to Carry. The other variation is that it would remove all restrictions. You could either openly or conceal carry. Uh, that would be totally up to you. But there's really, if you think about it and, and the logic behind it and the actual facts and statistics, there is no difference between open carry and concealed carry when it comes to safety. There's no difference between open carry and concealed carry when it comes to law enforcement safety because people who do it, uh, the people who get the licenses and have been vetted and stuff, they don't shoot police officers. Very, very few of them are a threat to our law enforcement folks. You know my background. Anything that's a threat to them, I don't consider to be a threat. But uh, I don't see a huge issue here with safety of law enforcement. Law enforcement, we came in contact with guns all the time. And the vast, vast, vast majority of them, uh, the illegal ones anyway, we knew immediately that they were illegal or problems. The ones who have permits are almost never a problem. So... I don't see where permitting changes a person's point of view. Uh, you have to get a permit to get a to carry a concealed firearm now. I don't know that makes you any better a gun owner or a gun carrier than if someone wants to carry a concealed firearm but doesn't feel they should have to go through those hoops and pay the, the tax to use your own constitutional right. You know, it's just there's so many issues that we could discuss about it. We could fill up five or six segments. But I, I don't see a problem with it. I think what we need is, is we need to just go back to constitutional carry if you're a legal, law-abiding citizen and you want to carry a firearm for self-protection, you can do so. Yeah, I, I like it when you have some flexibility because uh, open carry could diminish threats just by the fact that it's visible. Um, but it also, let's say you're a person with a handicap or you're an elderly person. I don't want you to be a target of somebody trying to take that away. Concealed might be a better option for some people in that situation. Does that make sense? It, it does, and then again, but that's about it, and I know you're all for it. That goes back to personal choice. I mean, you, you would be the one making that personal choice. You wouldn't be mandated by the state that, you know, you'd have to do that. Police officers openly carry their firearms for several reasons. One, we all know it's deterrent. 
you bring a, a visible firearm into something, and it is a deterrent for violence. Second one is the ease of use and the, you know, how rapidly you can get to your firearm and access it. Well, that, that applies to everybody who rapidly needs a firearm or needs to access it. So, you know, there, there's pluses and minuses to open carry. I personally can still carry everywhere only because it's required by law. If there was an open carry permit or, or we were permitted to openly carry, there are times I would openly carry just because, one, it's more comfortable than having it stuck inside your pants and under your shirt. And, two, it just makes more sense sometimes when I'm out doing certain things. I, I would prefer to open carry just because of the, the ease of it and the, how comfortable it is. So, you know, it's, yes, I agree with you. There, there are times when either or should be available to you. And when Chris says he carries it everywhere, he's not kidding. I, I was invited to his house. I used his bathroom, and there's like this thing bolted to the wall right next to the shower. Yeah. It was a holster. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm like, wow. You never know. You are serious, sir. Well, uh, when you're in a shower, it's hard to conceal one. Right. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Chris, we always appreciate it. Happy New Year, my friend, and uh, we hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah, you will. And we need to get together, guys. Absolutely. Let's do it. You betcha. Always a pleasure talking to Chris Wagner on the Bob Rose Rewind. Welcome to it, my friends, and happy Saturday. Stand by, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Dr. John about Omicron, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Coming up next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3, The Sky. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Happy Saturday and welcome. It's the Bob Rose Rewind. One of our favorites, no doubt, is Dr. John. He is our local expert on COVID. And we're going to talk to him right now about Omicron. Good, the bad, and the ugly right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Dr. John. How are you doing? Good morning. Happy New Year, Bob and Greg. I'm doing great. I'm a little tired around the edges. We've had a record number of phone calls uh, about this COVID in the last couple of weeks uh, from all over the country and here in Florida. And so working lots of hours trying to reassure people that they're not uh, going to die from the COVID at this point. We're Frankly, the Omicron variant uh, has been has been very good to work with um, here in Florida. I, I, despite what you just heard on the on the news network, where people are this hundred percent increase in hospitalizations, I just came back from both hospitals here in in Ocala. Our censuses are very low, and the people coming in are not critically ill. They're not severely hypoxic. In general, I mean, nothing like what we saw during the summer with the Delta variant. So, for Florida, 
this Omicron virus has been pretty much a really annoying sore throat, cough, flu-like illness for most of the people, vaccinated or unvaccinated, I might add. There's no hitting them both equally. Matter of fact, lately I've been getting more of the vax people calling me because they're surprised they're getting symptoms. And on the bright side, it responds really, really well to hydroxychloroquine, which is of the two medications, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, both which work great. I get much less resistance with hydroxychloroquine from CVS and Walgreens and, and the others. So, so I've, been, I've been very fortunate to get good response rates for people who need to be treated. And can I tell you, listeners, not everybody needs to panic about this. If you just have a sore throat and a cough and you're in your 30s or 40s or, or younger, uh, give it a few days. You know, take your vitamin D for crying out loud. Again, a lot of people still don't know about that vitamin D, 10,000 units. You know, double up on the five thousands, go to 10. Stay with your CD, zinc, and quercetin and lots of fluids. Uh, treat it like a flu. You know, people still get over these things. This is still a respiratory virus that can be licked without the need for this, these other medications in most people. Most people. It's still a mild illness in most people. And, and it could continue to spread. I'm just thinking out of the box that when you have cooler weather or like they have up north, people tend to stay inside. And then your body's natural production of vitamin D drops dramatically, doesn't it? Yeah, the winter months, especially up north, and even here in Florida, I mean, people just don't get out and get out to take advantage of that sunshine. Um, you know, that's that's one of the things our bodies are, are meant to do, the way God made us. He wants us to be outdoors and get some of that sunshine and vitamin D, which actually helps reduce viral uptake and replication and fight the common cold, as well as these other respiratory viruses. Uh, important stuff. That's one thing that Bob and I talk about all the time. It's frustrating, comical but sad, to see someone either driving along in a car by themselves with the windows rolled up and a mask on, or they're riding down the street on a bicycle by themselves with a mask on. Oh, guys, the mask thing has gone crazy. My kid's school, um, you know, he's in the Catholic school, the Diocese of Orlando, and actually across the country said, we're going to start putting masks back on kids because of positivity rates. Um, These masks uh, have been proven damaging to people, and when I see this, we know there's a psychological factor that is now. I just I just talked to a doctor in the hospital. He's a he's a neurosurgeon wearing a mask at a computer with no one around him. I said, boy, this thing is really effective. You have really and he's a neurosurgeon. You know, wearing a mask, sitting alone in a room at a computer. This is how effective this this campaign to mask everybody. What I told the principal of of one of the schools here yesterday, I said, children are learning to blindly obey authority and not to use their God given ability to reason. That is what's happening. And hey, getting back to your liberal thing. What makes a conservative a conservative, this I tell all my patients, is that we follow the laws of nature, which are also the laws of God. It's nothing rocket science about it. You don't put a mask on a kid or any adult who's sitting alone in a, in a, in a, in a car or in a, in a room or in a hallway of a hospital. And not number one, number two, the mask actually are doing more harm. You've got fibers in these masks that are actually been found in the lab to be inhaled, microfilaments. So I'm saying get the mask off and do not vaccinate the children. That's another issue. The children... Their immune systems are well-equipped to handle this, well-equipped. And, and uh, please, if anyone thinks otherwise, look at the statistics on, compared to what we see in a typical flu season with children. This is no worse than a typical flu for, the, for any child. I just, right. I just we, Go ahead. Well, I just want to make a caveat. When they say children, CDC uses up to the age of 18. So a lot of these pediatric deaths that they're referring to when they throw out some numbers are 16- and 17-year-old diabetic cystic fibrosis, congenital lung disease kids, not your healthy kid who's running around playing football, soccer, basketball. Anyway, just to make sure people understand that. 
I was sharing with my listeners yesterday some information coming out of Europe about a very new variant and uh, coming out of France. They believe it actually came from Cameroon. Uh, I'm not seeing any coverage now. It's probably a story that may be four or five days old. You know, Jerusalem Times covers it, some Business Week stuff. Um, but, no, you know, no American media is covering it so far. Have you heard anything of this new variant? No, I think the whole issue, well, yes, I've heard about the new variant. Whether or not it's something that I'm going to study in depth is is questionable because what we're seeing instead happening across the country and again i'm in a position where i'm able to take care of people in new jersey ohio michigan uh, because of the way our licenses work and and in florida and what we're seeing outside of florida is still there's a lot of delta variant out there and how we know it is how they're being hit harder and they get more hypoxic earlier on the, the omicron variant even though you know again there was 30 different mutations that led to the omicron 30 different mutations where it's just a handful that led to the delta variant this thing has a way of just kind of evolving the way viruses do. So I'm just waiting to see what the next evolution is. I will say this much, as our immune systems can handle this. If you just let our natural immune systems work with the things we've talked about already, the zinc, the vitamin C, the D, um, we can fight off these viruses. Add a little, throw in a little hydroxychloroquine if the person's in a risk category where they might end up with a heart attack or stroke or respiratory failure, and the ivermectin. But, no, I'm not worried about what comes down the pike. I've had COVID. I've treated myself. I've been not wearing masks, and I'm very, very confident that uh, we'll be, my, my immune system can handle this. And I think most of your, your listeners need to be aware of that. Don't panic. This is still an epidemic of fear, and it's all about control. And, you know, this 18% positivity rate, folks, all that means is that unlike a typical cold and flu season, everybody's rushing to get tested. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a higher positivity rate by virtue of the fact that everybody with a sore throat and a cough is getting tested and every parent's bringing their child in to get tested. It's a meaningless thing. I said this in my one of my first videos on YouTube a year and a half ago. Positivity rates are meaningless. What matters is the severity of the illness and and then whether the illness can be treated, which it is. It's a treatable illness and it's not leading to the stuff we saw this past summer when we got attacked by the Delta variant. And I shared that with you at that time. This has not been a significant variant for Florida. What, what, what are the symptoms where someone who's normally healthy, you know, it could be the regular flu or it could be something more serious. At what point do you say, okay, either need to get to a doctor or to the hospital? What, what would the symptom levels be like? Thank you. Great question. Yeah. So, again, a sore throat, a cough, a tickle in a young person, otherwise healthy. Don't be, don't be rushing to the doctor's office. Now, here's a problem. A lot of people are having trouble getting these rapid tests, and you've probably covered that. There's mm-hmm. been shortages of the rapid test. So uh, I am asking people if you can go get tested, it might be helpful, the antigen test. But um, don't wait for the person. You, almost everybody now, if you're in a higher risk category, should have a pulse oximeter to check their oxygen levels. And if their oxygen levels are in the mid-90s or higher, there's no reason to be panicking at that point. You double up your vitamin D, do all the stuff I've talked about. If you're in a high risk category, again, God bless us, there's just not enough doctors going around. Hey, folks, I need more laborers in the field. Can I throw this out as a public service? Sure. And if anybody wants to contact you, I need someone stat to help me answer phones. We're all, I'm answering phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. So we've got, even despite of having my employees working their, their butts off, So, and I have a, you know mid-level providers, we need more people to come to help prescribe these life-saving medications. And um, so getting back to your question, you know, mild symptoms, young, healthy people kind of Tough it out. This, I'm telling more and more people that, you know, you know I, I, they could pay it 100 bucks, and I can call in a prescription for them. But I'm saying, hey, why don't you just give it another day? You seem like you're already on the downside. I've heard that from a lot of people. They call today, and I call them back tomorrow because I'm working until 11 o'clock at night, and they say, oh, I'm already a little bit better. Well, good. That's great. That's what I expected. The typical viral illness is going to kind of peak around day three or day four. 
after three to four days, and then you start to get better, your immune system kicks in, recognizes the virus. So give yourself three to four days if you're otherwise young and healthy. And Anthony Fauci said one thing I agree with, one thing I finally agreed with, no more than five days of being away from people with this stuff. He finally cut it from 10 to five days. Great. Good for him. You know, don't be quarantining yourself in a room for 10 days because you have a cold. That's that's kind of silly. Always appreciate the great information. Dr. John, we'll, we'll definitely let's keep in touch and uh, keep fighting the good fight on behalf of all of us. We appreciate it. Make it a good year. God bless you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Always love talking to Dr. John, our local expert. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. I hope you're enjoying this lovely Saturday. Coming up next, we talk to Commissioner Carl Zalek about, well, maybe things that could be related to the Marion County Commission, but then again, maybe not. Just relatable to everybody. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Good morning and welcome. It's the Bob Rose Rewind as we connect with Commissioner Carl Zalek, Marion County Commissioner. And we're going to start things off with a new year and maybe some new resolutions on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Happy New Year, my friend. Hey, Happy New Year, Bob. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, We're hanging in there and, you know, every year uh, represents, uh, you know, possible possibility of changing some things making life a little bit better for yourself or those around you and i noticed that uh, you actually uh, sent us a list of some of the most popular new year's resolutions exercise lose weight get organized learn a new skill or hobby um what is yours i'll put you on the spot what's your new year's resolution yeah well my mine is always i start off with uh you know exercise and trying to you know shed a few pounds and and get ready for the new year especially after that those holiday uh those holidays meals with family so um, that's definitely on the top of my list. And, and one of the other ones I'd like to do is just spend a little more time with family. As my kids get a little older, I'm sure many of you and your listeners, you know, they get the kids in the, in the beginning of those teenage years, and, and you don't realize how quickly that time goes. And it's also for a lot of folks, you know, around the same time that their earning potential may be at its greatest. So people are working very hard at work. Um, and, and so that spending time with family and friends sounds great, but it can be challenging. But if you don't schedule it and make it happen, a lot of times it won't just naturally fall into place, right? Yeah, you know, one of the things that, uh, you, you know, uh, just like anything else, right, is if you're, if you're trying to do that, you know, try to get on a plan, try to have somebody hold you accountable. That's worked for me the best. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, you know, we work out together. So that keeps me a whole lot more consistent than if I try to do it by myself, right? So uh, share those goals with people, write them down, and you're much more likely to do it past January because most people, you know, join the gym and then never use it after February, right? That's true, yeah. They say if you can be consistent with a habit, uh, you know, in 30 days, you can maintain that habit. But I, I really, they're talking more about, I think, daily habits, you know, something you do first thing every morning versus, well, I'm going to try to make it to the gym twice a week. Again, that goes to, well, maybe not today. I just have too much too much on my plate, ha, huh? which is a whole nother uh, issue. But one of the tips that uh, you were sharing with us, be specific to your goal. Tell me about that. Yeah, and that goes to, you know, writing it down and, and actually having, you know, um, you know, like you and I have talked about before, if you're working out or you're, you know, you're doing something or you're trying to get better at something, you've got to be specific. You have to beat that goal every time you uh, try to get out there. So if you walk for 15 minutes, try to walk for 16 minutes tomorrow, right? If you... Uh, you, you know, if you're bench pressing, whatever, try to hit that five, you know, five pounds next week, right? And just be specific about that goal. Have have somebody 
uh, write it down or you write it down in your notes and, and make sure that you're on top of that every day. There's all these incredible apps now uh, that can help you do that. And uh, if you fall off, just get back up and do it quickly. Don't wait. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if it's a, like a physical fitness type thing, which is the most con- exercise sure. more, lose weight is like the top two. Um, and those sure. are too general. Like you said, be specific. I want to be at a certain weight or a certain f- fitness level. Um, one of the things I, I think is can be effective Put a picture of you in great shape on your refrigerator and then put a not flattering picture on the fridge, you know, with the double chin and all that. And then sure. and then there you go where there may be an issue with what's inside that fridge and how much and what you eat. You have that reminder right there in front of you. you go, which one do you want to be? Choose accordingly. That's why when I open the fridge, it's like I want 12 Oreos, but I'm going to settle for six. What a sacrifice. <laughs> That's perfect. No, what a great example. I mean, you know, you talk about that, and I've actually read that in fitness magazines before where, you know, people will do that. They'll 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 put, you know, really, you know, gross pictures of themselves up, um, and, and it will give them the ability to not eat that extra portion or whatever it was. So that's a great idea. I like where you say, if you fall off track, forgive yourself and get back on track quickly. I think that's huge because some people go, oh, what's the use? Don't do that. Right. I mean, all the time, it, it, the, the battle, right, Bob? I mean, you're, you're, you've are you been in fitness and uh, in lots of different things and karate for a long time, right? I mean, you know that you can't hold on to a grudge, right? Football players can't hold on to the last play. They have to look to the next play, right? right. Uh, you've got to be quick to forgive, and the, the challenge is in our head 90% of the time. Absolutely, yeah. It's your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful, but you can change your thoughts. Acknowledge whatever it is you're thinking. Yeah, I messed up, but here I am, man. I'm going to get back at it. And and if you want to really enjoy quality of life, and I think that's what we're pointing to here, whether it's spending more time with family or getting more fit, it's about quality of life. Well, some of that could be like going fishing on the great, you know, these great area lakes that we have. And I want you to get into that a little bit further. But you, if your energy level's not there and you're not feeling good, then you're not going to feel like doing these other things that are going to bring so much uh, other great benefits to it, you know, like fishing, for instance. Yeah, I mean, we've got some incredible lakes out of Marion County, and one of the things that we put here is trying to spend some more time with, uh, you know, your friends or your family, uh, and it really does add to that quality of life. And in Marion County, of course, we've got some phenomenal lakes. So, you know, we've got things like Orange Lake, uh, you know, 13,000 acres. Uh, we've got an incredible boat ramp there that has been done with fish attractors and all kinds of uh, really, really great things. And so the bluegill, of course, at this time of year, uh, the sunfish, the black crappie, you know, the bass are still hitting a little bit. Uh, what a great time to get out there. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about when we were putting this together is just, hey, man, how do you spend time with, you know, you know some of your boys or some of your young girls, uh, you know, your sons and daughters that, uh, you know, you don't really have the chance to do all the time. But, you know, like you said, schedule it. Put it on the calendar once a month, if not every couple of weeks. Get out on the water with your kids and, and make something, you know, that is in our backyard uh, a treasure that they can remember for a lifetime, you know. And uh, so Orange Lake, Doe Lake, uh, of course, the Okawaha River, uh, incredible 40. I mean, you realize we have 47 miles of length of this incredible river right wow. in our backyard, um, you know, with all kinds of fish and species running through it. Um, of course, down in Moss Bluff. And then, of course, you know, the big lake that borders, um, you know, Marion County and, and uh, Volusia County out there, Lake Kerr. Uh, I mean, you can do everything from shrimping to getting out on the St. John's River up north of us, uh, um, six to 14 foot of depth beneath uh, the calm surface. It's an incredible lake, over almost 3,000 acres. Uh, what an incredible time. Um, you know, really just get out, have a wonderful, wonderful time with your family, and enjoy this perfect uh, 
I mean, we got the perfect weather. Everybody's from the nation's coming around. Uh, the playoffs are around the corner. Um, it just doesn't get better, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, hey, for uh, fishing information, go outdoorsflorida.com. Go outdoorsflorida.com or uh, call 888-FISH-FLORIDA, 888-FISH-FLORIDA, uh, because you have to have a fishing license uh, in, in most cases. So you want to make sure you do that and you contribute to the good things so that uh, you know they can continue to conserve and take care of these areas where we can get together with family and friends and really enjoy ourselves. And then um, uh, before we go, because we're running out of time, Tell me about the annual Citizens Academy uh, that you do every year in Marion County. Yeah, so one of the things that we've always wanted to do is continue to try to get groups of residents that are engaged with our, their community. Um, so if you're ever wondering what happens after your trash gets dropped off at the local transfer station, um, you know we'll, we'll show you what happens. Uh, you're wondering how we patch those roads or why things are done the way they're done, what happens at parks and rec or what an MSTU or 911 management and facilities uh, what about those three, uh, almost three million uh, square foot of facilities that we have in our community? How does it get taken care of? What happens? Um, these are all questions that we answer at the Citizens Academy. It's free uh, for Marion County residents, 18 and older. The program begins March 12th, uh, and it's every Thursday from 8 a.m. till noon, and then graduation ceremonies in early June. It's 11 sessions taking you through all of the departments of the county. Uh, you can register for that at MarionCountyFL.org backslash Citizens Academy, or go to our website. Or give us a call, and uh, we'll be more than happy to sign you up. Again, that's MarionCountyFL.org backslash Citizens Academy. I've heard uh, good things about it, and that's why the uh, space is limited. It, it fills up early, so jump on that. It does. And Carl Zalek, uh, hey, thanks for uh, during your intense workout while you were, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> squatting 450 like you were still playing football for uh, for oh, USF. Yeah. Uh, uh, we appreciate you taking time out from your from your workout to uh, to give us a call and ring in the new year, my friend. Thanks, Bob. Happy New Year, guys. Always a pleasure talking to Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek on the Bob Rose Rewind. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we stay in Marion County and talk to Mark Lander from the Florida Department of Health about the latest COVID information. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Happy, happy Saturday, and welcome. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. Last but certainly not least, Mark Lander, Florida Department of Health, Marion County, on the latest COVID information. We'll talk to him about it right now on 97.3 The Sky. Mark, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Friday. Same to you. Um, Got an unofficial call earlier from somebody who said, hey, uh, one of the local hospitals in the Gainesville area. Looks like uh, numbers are heading downward. The trends look good as far as COVID goes. Didn't get into any big details, but I guess what we're asking you is, what does the snapshot look like in Marion County? Well, you know, I'll start with that hospital piece first. That's a great question. You know, I think that's been, you know, while our in, our positivity rates have been increasing, I think a week previous we ended around 17% positivity rate. I think we'll probably be in the low 20s, which you know, mirrors what's happening you know, nationwide and statewide. But the good thing is, uh, as far as uh, the initial reports for the spike, milder outcomes from infection. Um, we, you know, we constantly contact the hospital, have weekly calls with them, both of our systems. And right now, I think this weekly call we had, there were around 60 COVID hospitalizations between all, a little over between all, you know, both Ocala Regional and Advent. 
And, um, and I mean, that's, this is a, a, a small number compared to what we saw in the height of Delta back over the summer where we had 200-plus a day. And even, even the previous year um, around, the, around the holidays, around Christmas, you know, 150, 100, 150 a day. So, I mean, le- the less severe, lot, fewer hospitalizations, you know, while you know, certainly this time of year any increase in our health care system is troubling, hospitals in Marion County are doing fantastic right now. Let me ask you this. So you, you make it through this kind of first surge of COVID. You, you, you live through the, uh, the Delta variant and, and other variants. And, but then here comes Omicron. We're told it's kind of wimpy, for lack of a better term. But, but yet some people don't survive it. Maybe it's the survivability numbers are much better than they were, but they don't survive. It's like, how does that make sense, you know, I guess scientifically, you made it through the worst of it theoretically, and then a lesser version could take your life. How, how does that work? I, I think you have to look at the mortality, the, the, the comorbidities that an individual has. Um, they, may, they may have comorbidities of uh, uh, compromised, other health issues that can attribute to a more, uh, where you have a, a, a death. And it may be something, it might have been Omicron or might have been a COVID exposure, or you know, would the same outcome have occurred if they would have had the flu or another uh, an RSV, another uh, virus that's out there. So I think it's really looking at not just, and, that, and that's what the state does, not look just at the death, but look at what comorbidities are associated with the individual. Is there is there a, uh, I don't know how it works, do you get like an APB, be on the lookout for uh, like a new strain? I had a story, it's a you know probably a week old by now, but they thought in the south of France they identified 12 individuals that had enough of a change in the variant uh, for it to be a different variant. They believe it came from Cameroon. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, there, there's right right now they look at the, the mutations um, from the original uh, virus that was out there from the original um, COVID-19 and the coronavirus, and then compare it to that now. When they see, they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll start hearing talk, and they haven't talked about this yet from that um, from the variant they're looking at. In France, it'll be a variant of concern. When you start hearing about the variant of concern, that's where they start to recognize that this variant may take hold and and pose some issues. But you know, I, I, you know, we've always said that this is typical. This is a typical process for these variants. You're going to run through these names because that's what happens with with these viruses. Is is they're going to mutate. They're going. You're going to get changes, and some will take on. Some will just that there, there may be some uh, mutations and the variant just dies off. So I think that's, that, you know, we've heard, we're, we're, we pay closely, close attention to the mutations that are out there. So in South Africa, where they identified Omicron, I think originally, um, it kind of swept through there, trans, transmissibility high, uh, quickly, a lot of people got it, but uh, not huge health ramifications, and they feel like the worst of it's definitely gone by now. So it kind of swept through and it's gone, and that population only has about 27-28% vaccination rate. And I'm not trying to make a case for or against vaccination. I'm truly trying to understand the science behind it. So is it just because of a much larger population that America seems to be, I don't know, suffering a little bit worse than South Africa did under the same thing? I think I think you could probably look at the age of population and, and you know, do we have an, do we have potentially a larger elderly population that, that that may have been reviewed during these studies. And I, you know, I think that's always been a consideration and concern in Florida. You know, you know, we're a huge retirement state. And so, you know, we do have large comorbidities that, that in many of our population and, and, and health concerns. I think that plays a part in, in 
the 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 I'd say the persistence of the of the virus. See, and that and that makes sense. And I just I feel like just in the few minutes you and I have talked, I got more and better and more credible information than it seems like the government or the powers that be, high high up CDC, uh, that you know they're not. I guess I, it, I don't feel like they're giving us the whole story. It's just the big push for the vax. So I guess that goes into my next story, which would be my next question. Um, what about therapeutics? How are we doing like in Marion County and, and like the monoclonal thing? We know there was kind of a hang up there. And that wasn't even well, given out at hospitals anyway, was it? And, I, and, I, and some, of, some of our hospitals, when, when monoclonals first start, you know, and, and first I'd like to say, I think, you know, the governor and our Surgeon General have done, a, have done a great job fighting to bring monoclonals to Florida. We were, we were the, lead, one, the, the leading state when it came to monoclonal treatments and bringing it to our, to our population. Um, that's still our most effective option. You know, yeah, there has been some, some issues with the, you know, the new variants, but there are several monoclonals out there that are working, and, and I know we're working hard to get them um, in Florida. But one exciting thing uh, is the governor, Governor DeSantis, was in Ocala a few weeks ago um, at um, Ocala Region outlining a plan to bring a new long-acting monoclonal to Marion County. Uh, it's called Evisheld, and uh, they'll be providing it out of uh, ORMC. And this is for individuals who, let's say, can't build up um, immunity through vaccination or have um, reactions to vaccinations. So it's not for somebody who's sick. It's, for, it's almost like a prophylaxis treatment um, prior to being exposed to the virus. So it's, another, it's just another you know, a, a tool in our tool belt to help fight the virus. And, and then we also know that there's going to be some, both the, the pill products coming out um, that will treat illnesses from both Pfizer and Merck, you know, similar to what we saw with the Tamiflu back in 08, 09, around there when, when we had H1N1. So that, those are going to, we should see those starting to be distributed very soon in Florida as well. All right, so pretend I'm a family member I'm, and, and, and one you actually like. And, and I say, <laughs> hey, look, I know you're an expert at this. What's, what's the best course that I should take to both avoid uh, the COVID thing and, and also to what should I do if I you know, feel feverish, a little sick? Well, you know, I've, I've, I'll tell my family member this, and, I, and there again, you understand in my position, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, the vaccines, I believe, have helped me. You know, I've, I've, I've been exposed to individuals who have been very sick, and I haven't gotten sick, and I'm, you know, from the vaccination piece. But what I tell my family members, I'm very adamant, is if you are not feeling well, do not go out to work. Don't go, we still see that every day. Um, don't go to work. Let's get you tested. Let's make sure if you're feverish, runny nose, sore throat, let's, let's get you tested and make sure it's not COVID. And then that way we can move on and treat you for what you potentially have. Stay at home, get tested. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, once you've, once we've determined if it's COVID, follow the guidelines. I also tell individuals, if you, you know, it's your, we have our choice. If you, if you walk into a situation and you're uncomfortable, Turn around and walk out if it's if it's too crowded for you or what it's you know it's your personal choice to make that decision. What about uh, preparing your system like vitamin D, zinc, etc.? You can. It, it never hurts to you know that's a, you know it, you know that you're what you're you're building your body to help fight and build immunity. You know yet that is, that's you know it's never a bad thing to 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 help try to build that immunity in your body or build 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 up your system to fight off viruses not just not just um covid but any other thing that you could become exposed to yeah that's yeah easy and expensive you can do that at home and 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 if it only helps you just a little bit it might it could make the difference in the end you know multiple multiple treatments out there i whereas you know once again monoclonal is obviously the best i always tell an individual to talk to your healthcare provider. You hired them for a reason. They're 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 out there for your health. Talk to them, and they and they may have their own insights on some things. They know your body. What you may start taking this, start taking that, and and then 
go on the advice of your provider. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's more of a, uh, a herd mentality amongst some in uh, medicine than there is herd immunity. Mm. That's my little. That's my medical joke for the day. Thanks, Doctor. your plug for the day. Feel free to use that again if you dare. <laughs> well, look, I, I appreciate y'all as always, and all the, all that you do for Marion County. And and you know, we've got a one of the great things is we've got a great uh, system with our emergency manager Preston Bolin. He's always working out, looking out for us, looking out for the community. The Marion County residents are safe in in the hands of their of their officials. I can tell you that. Thanks to Mark Lander from the Florida Department of Health, Marion County, and all of my guests, Commissioner Carl Zalek, Dr. John, and Chris Wagner started things off this morning on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting what we do. I invite you to tune in Monday morning starting at 6 a.m. for the Bob Rose Show, along with Greg Cassidy on 97.3 The Sky. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.